This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. The holidays can be a tempting time for those in recovery. The holiday parties, festivities, the stress of family and friends and money can be difficult for some to cope with, and some may risk the brink of relapse. And before I knew it, I was a full-fledged alcoholic. The holidays bring up and bring out different things for everyone, whether you're in recovery or not. When people are suffering from a substance use disorder, that they have to hit that phrase rock bottom. Now there's a lot that piles up this time of year. We look at the stresses, how recovering substance users can cope during this time, and how those not in recovery can help family and friends. It's all straight ahead on this week's edition of Prescription for Life. And welcome to Prescription for Life. I'm Monica Robbins. Studies show the holiday season is a tough time for people struggling with addiction. The National Institute on Drug Abuse estimates between 40 and 60% of individuals in recovery will relapse at some point. And a relapse is not uncommon during seasons of stress. So the best way to overcome a relapse during the holiday season is to prepare yourself for the upcoming events ahead of time and know your triggers and let friends and family and sponsors know when things are getting rough. There are those out there who know the struggle firsthand and are there to help others. Our TV station in Knoxville, Tennessee shares one woman's story. So there's a lot of contributing factors. You know, I know for me, holidays kind of make me sad. I don't have children. So, you know, it, it just kind of puts you in a funk. Jennifer nicely knows what it is like to suffer with addiction. I started using when I was 14 and uh, I was an alcoholic by the time I was 18. Nicely says by the time she turned 30, her addiction got worse after dealing with the death of a close friend. And I was introduced to meth at that time and it was just something that unfortunately would numb everything out to where I could still go to work. About a month ago, Nicely celebrated seven years of being clean. The holiday season can be hard for people like Nicely or people who still struggle with addiction. The CDC reports nearly 91,000 drug-related deaths have been reported for the month of December since 1999. Although Nicely has not used in almost a decade, she understands why some people struggle with addiction during the holiday season. Seasonal affective disorders, which um, are depression, significant depression, loneliness is another contributing factor. As a result, some people may use more or even relapse. Some of it is masking, dealing with stress and pressure um, just caused by the season. Nicely says there are things families can do to help a relative. I think the greatest help is compassion. This next story is about a man whose recovery journey pushed him to start his own organization to help others. Take a look at this story from our station in Alabama. Drug and alcohol addiction can impact anyone, and the holidays are a sensitive time for someone battling addiction. One man was able to find his way through alcohol addiction and help others do the same by starting a program called The Hero Project. Actually, when I realized when I actually was taught about the disease of alcoholism and addiction, a part of me felt like it was a relief. 
because it explained all of my behaviors. Addiction looks different for everyone, so health experts are trying to reduce the stigma by calling it substance use disorder. Many times you just think you're out of control or it's a little too much, but you don't realize that the disease is progressive and chronic, and it's slowly just caught up, and before I knew it, I was a full-fledged alcoholic. As everyone celebrates the holidays, just remember that sometimes it's not always merry and bright for everyone. And look, everybody, all of us love our family members. You know, all of us. Having said that, they're the ones that usually press our buttons the most. And usually that's because they're the ones that installed them. And if you're suffering from substance use disorder, it's best to seek help as soon as you can. I think that a lot of times when people are suffering from a substance use disorder, that they have to hit that phrase rock bottom. And when they get there, it's very scary sometimes because they've burned a lot of bridges. Now to our Cleveland Clinic expert with some practical steps on how to help those on the road to recovery and their families. Joining me now is Dr. David Stream, Medical Director for Cleveland Clinic's Alcohol and Drug Recovery Center. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. The holidays are coming. A lot of people are going to be imbibing with alcohol, but there are some people who are dealing with substance use disorders and alcohol use disorder. How do you navigate through that? What should the individual know? What should families know? Well, for the individual, um, people in solid, stable recovery actually get a lot out of the themes of the holidays. They resonate a lot with recovery themes for Thanksgiving, uh, the idea of gratitude and service to others. Uh, these are tremendously um, helpful and uh, compatible things to recovery. And then for Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year, the idea of uh, hope, uh, a hope for the new year, of uh, change, of things being better. Uh, and again, service to others, helping people less fortunate. All of those things really resonate very well. One of my first patients 25 years ago when I started in this practice, um, used to tell me that when you're in recovery, every day is Thanksgiving. And I really think that's an incredible thought. Now, sometimes uh, people with less solid grasp on their recovery uh, can have some tough times, stressful times um, when everyone gets together. But also remember that oftentimes, substance use disorder, alcohol use disorder, um, there is a genetic component often runs in families. So when there's someone having difficulty, there might be somebody else in the family who has a more solid grasp on their recovery and can help mentor and support the person who's having a struggle. So, but, uh, one of the other things though with holidays, it, it also sometimes has a negative effect on people. Maybe some depression mm -hmm. comes up. Um, how do you how do you work through those situations, or is it if, like you said, if you have a, a if you're in a stable recovery, you look at the the bigger picture, if you will. Yeah, and it's really important when people have a good recovery uh, network and a set of meetings or um, uh, conversations with their sponsor uh, over time that they have, let's say every week or a couple of times a month that family and friends, when we all get together, 
be sure when that person in recovery, that loved one of yours says, I'm not comfortable here, I, I really gotta get out of here right now, or I have a meeting that I haven't been to for a little while, I need to get back to, that we give them the respect and the space and the time to do that and understand that's part of their work in keeping themselves healthy and being the best people they can be. Do you find though that, you know, because now we're getting family in from all over, friends in from all over, many of whom may not understand the disease. Um, how do you educate those people? And, um, you know, if they say, oh, come on, you can, you can do this, uh, or, or the guilt, you know, um, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you get through any of that? Well, I think it's really important that we emphasize that nobody should ever have to justify or explain why they're not drinking any more than they should have to justify or explain why they're not uh, eating candy or smoking cigarettes or using other drugs. It is a personal choice we all choose to um, to use these substances, consume these products or not. And it's really important when people are feeling anxious that somebody else is not using the same substance, that we think about what, why is that? Why does that make me uncomfortable? Um, because it really is everyone's right. And the nice thing is increasingly today, people, um, particularly young people, are deciding you know, I'm not gonna consume alcohol, that's just not what I wanna do or how I wanna live my life. Um, so I think a lot of people are making that choice and I think it's a very positive, healthy choice. Do you find that a lot of people start realizing or accepting the fact that maybe they, they need help around the holidays because there is so much you know, uh, consuming and you know, then you have alcohol-free January? Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people who are trying to be abstinent, to be sober, uh, do identify the holidays as a high-risk time. And a lot of times the recovery network, the sponsors, will increase the amount of contact. Um, I think that 12-step uh, meetings and support meetings really don't take a week off, ever. Um, because of the holidays, and they recognize that these are times where they're needed more than ever, particularly in a place like Northeast Ohio, where we have a very vibrant, very um, active 12-step uh, based recovery community owing to the founding of AA in Akron. So when people um, have, have a party and you know you're inviting somebody who, who may have an issue, um, Options because nobody wants to be the one who, you know, you know. Oh, we can't have alcohol because you know Billy mm -hmm. can't drink or whatever. Um, so, what's your advice to families who you know are planning events? How to keep everything inclusive but not singling someone out? Well, I think of course having non-alcoholic options is important. I think also recognizing that people might through no fault of the hosts, people might not feel comfortable. And again, what we always encourage that our patients do, our people in recovery, is uh, to support 
that feeling and to feel our feelings, to recognize when we're not feeling comfortable and to do something appropriate about it, whether that means um, leaving the environment because environment can be a big uh, important cue for um, substance use and to recognize that and to leave or change the environment you know, in the interests of their own health and sobriety. And what I'm hearing from you is it's okay to say no mm -hmm. and, and decline an invitation, if you will. It's okay and it's important that for the loved ones who are hoping to support that person, that they don't take that personally. This is about each person's health and safety and sobriety and we all have to make uh, that best decision for ourselves. So we're talking about alcohol, but there are other substances out there that people may be using over this time. Is this an, an intervention time of year from your perspective? Um, we do see more people, I think, because of the new year and some of the themes around the holidays. I, I do think that we do see people who more often want to uh, think about making changes. We call that being contemplative, to uh, consider what it would look like if I would stop drinking or s stop or change some other unhealthy behavior. And of course, the concept of the New Year's resolution uh, is uh, dovetails very well into that. So uh, the dry January, as you mentioned, is often a beneficiary of those sorts of um, feelings that people have that maybe they're not living their best, healthiest life that they could be. And let me try this and see if I feel better about myself and better about my health. So a lot of people are traveling. You know, nearly half the country has now approved recreational marijuana. Your, your take on that, what people don't know about marijuana today from, you know, we're starting to see people with, uh, you know, uh, hallucination mm -hmm. issues and uh, you know, other issues that people may not be aware of relating to recreational marijuana. What are you seeing? Well, there's three things that we worry about most, I think. Um, first is, as you said, hallucinations or psychosis. And there, it's very clear that there is an increased risk of developing hallucinations or psychosis that's, that sometimes do not go away when the substance use stops. So that is a major concern because it can lead people to um, develop a problem that requires a lifetime of care. Uh, and that can be produced by, you know, relatively small amount of use of the substance. Uh, and it doesn't take that much because the amount of THC in, uh, which is the active ingredient in marijuana uh, and the most dangerous uh, ingredient, that that um, uh, levels have gone up over the last 20, 25 years. The second thing is um, uh, hyperemesis syndrome. So this is cyclic nausea and vomiting that actually is caused by heavy, regular marijuana use and really only it, it gets better at least temporarily through hot showers or capsaicin pepper cream. Um, but really it only resolves when the marijuana use stops. And then the third thing is, um, is just the danger at least of smoked marijuana. Anytime we're burning a product and inhaling the smoke, 
Now that's not the healthiest thing to do to our lungs, no matter what the product is, and that goes for marijuana as much as tobacco. I want to go back to the nausea vomiting, because what's interesting about that is, isn't that why a lot of people use medical marijuana to, to stop the nausea vomiting, say from cancer or some other treatment? Right, and so um, there is some evidence that that uh, that, that cannabinoids it could be, you know, a medication that's FDA approved, uh, and there are those, um, or um, cannabis as a product itself uh, can treat those problems, but um, it also uh, paradoxically can cause a cycle of nausea and vomiting in heavy chronic users. And for folks who experience both, of course, it's hard to know where one ends and the other begins. Great point. Final thoughts. What would you like people to know on both sides of the spectrum, the families and also the individuals? Well, I, I think that um, treatment, of course, and working on sobriety, which means not just working on not drinking, but um, it's uh, much more global about being the best person you can be is a tremendously important thing that who doesn't need that, right? There are no perfect people in the world. We all could use some work. And uh, the holidays and um, the recovery journey that a lot of my patients take, uh, there's a lot of parallels between that. It's all about trying to be the best people we can be and having the best life that people can have because we only get one. And um, that journey, we should all support that in the people that we care about most. Dr. Stream, as always, great insight. Thank you so much. Thank you. Key points here for those in recovery to plan ahead and for families to support and encourage those on that journey. Reminder, if you or someone you know is struggling with substance use, you can always call 1-800-622-4357. We mentioned dry January in the interview. It is a trend that's been gaining ground over the years, and it's right after the holidays when people look for alternatives to alcohol for a variety of reasons. Our Virginia TV station, WVEC, shows how putting down the booze for just one month can improve your health all year long. Chris Simmons wants to meet people where they are. We wanted to create a way that enable people to live a life that they want to live. His shop ceremony specializes in non-alcoholic beer, wine, and spirits. Whether you're cutting back on alcohol for dry January or beyond, Simmons says their drinks are for everyone. Those that are expecting, those that are nursing, um, people that are on medication. Or even if it's just to improve your overall health. The challenge to stop drinking for 31 days started back in 2013. Last year, 19% of adults 21 and older participated Participated in dry January. This year, people are putting away their alcohol once again. So what's the buzz all about? When the body is breaking down alcohol, it's taken away from other functions that it could be performing. Experts say there's clear evidence that taking a break from booze can help your body and your mind. A large-scale study in England found people who participated felt more in control of their drinking and felt a sense of accomplishment. They also thought more deeply about their relationship with alcohol. And the benefits of 
giving this up can be more than just skin deep. In other smaller studies, people saw improvements in their blood pressure, weight, insulin resistance, and cancer-related growth factors. People also got better sleep and an energy boost. And Simmons wants to do his part to help year-round. As people start to find alternatives and, and make small changes, then they start to see how it feels. Sarah Hammond, 13 News Now. That's all for this edition of Prescription for Life. I'll be back next week with another dose. And until then, I'm Monica Robbins wishing you and yours good health. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.